Hey guys, it's Scott from fxmissions.com. Just a note, I've finished the trilogy of anthologies from the forefront, and all three books are currently available on Amazon. Welcome to From the Forefront, an FX Missions podcast. Stories about courageous souls who felt the call of missions and obeyed. Hi, Scott McClelland here with your FX Missions from the Forefront podcast. Thanks for joining us. Uh, please do tell someone about us on your favorite podcast platform, whether that's Apple, Stitcher, uh, Google. Please let someone know about From the Forefront as we want to encourage missionaries in their efforts. And uh, if you know of a missionary who should be featured here, please reach out to us at info at fxmissions.com. Pretty excited today to have with us Anne Heinrichs. Am I saying that right, Anne? Yes, you are. Yes, it's perfect. <laughs> Great <laughs> well, to be with you, Scott. <laughs> we got a long eye and a short eye there, and they're yeah. both surrounded by consonants. So I just wanted to be sure. Of course, we've talked some over time, and I appreciate you finally being coerced to join us. <laughs> oh, I'm glad to be here. Oh, it's my joy. Thank you so much for inviting me. No, you're welcome. You're welcome. <laughs> and you're a friend of a friend of mine and a co-worker, I think. Uh, I've done also some work, but of course, we're talking about Tony Hedrick mm -hmm. here, kind of the founder of ACCI, a ministry you work with. Yes. And uh, so I'll give Tony some uh, trouble later. I'm going to irritate him and, and he... He can start or finish, but, he, <laughs> exactly. but he, he's good at it. You've had the experience. Yes, well, uh, yes. Yeah. So ACCI, Adventive Cross-Cultural Initiatives, I think I've got that right. Correct. You've been a part of their team for quite a while. But tell mm -hmm. us, who is, who's Anne? Oh, thanks for asking. <laughs> Ever since a young girl, I've been called to missions and went through mission training as well. And spent quite a few years in my adult life serving in the area of worship and music as a musician. And alongside that, did quite a bit of short-term missions hand-in-hand. -hand. At about 2010, the Lord flipped that opportunity around, and I began to consider coming on full-time in missions and then doing more volunteer work in the area of worship and music. And so that's kind of what happened. And so I'm kind of a person who's when you take all of these personality tests, I end up always showing mm -hmm. I'm half introvert and half extrovert. And uh, mm. I'm kind of a strange mix of being a musician and being someone who's administrative. And so I've found myself wow. in some really stretching and interesting opportunities through the years. And I just love serving from behind and trying to be an encouragement in some way and come underneath others and help them achieve what God has called them to do in his kingdom perspective and purposes. And so that's kind of my passion more than anything is, is that kind of a support role. Wow. Okay. Well, I don't know that I've, I've encountered someone who was a self-avowed 50-50 uh, <laughs> on the intro, at the extrovert, <laughs> but that's pretty, that's pretty interesting. Now, mm -hmm. musician, you say, what, what, what's your instrument? Well, I sing and play piano, and so I'm also a vocal coach, and so I do some of that on the side as well to help raise some funds toward my mission work. So I do have mm. students that come in on a weekly or bi-weekly basis and out of my home. And that's really fun. It's a great way to connect. And then I also 
help with studio work. I do coaching with, when people are doing recording projects, I'll be brought in to be a vocal coach. So I really enjoy that. And that's another behind the scenes way of, of serving people and <laughs> helping them grow in their skills and their passions and abilities. So that's kind of the music side of that. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Well, very, yeah. very, very cool. I, I, you remind me of someone, uh, a friend of mine who is got similar mix. I'm, sur- you know, surmising mm-hmm. here a little bit, and also is a musician. Mm-hmm. I guess the musical part is the art and the expressive, mm-hmm. and then the administrative would be the other piece. So. Mm-hmm. Interesting mix. Interesting mm-hmm. mix. Very interesting. And it's just God <laughs> is so creative too and how he uses us. And I've found myself in administrative roles oftentimes setting up an office or setting up a department and setting up systems and then others step in and take it over. And that's kind of been where that's where I met Tony, where we both were working at the same mission school and I was overseeing the worship area. And both he and I were adjunct faculty members as well. So that's where we first met. So I was able to serve on the board with ACCI for about eight years in the U.S. office, and that's where we really got to know one another. So that's kind of how things started out for us. (laughs) Awesome. Well, Mm -hmm. for those of you who may not have heard the famous Tony Hedrick interviews, uh, you can go back (laughs) in the podcast Mm -hmm. list and and find Tony Hedrick there. But Mm -hmm. And we know that Tony was founder and super instrumental in uh, raising ACCI up. Mm-hmm. What have you found yourself doing specifically? I, I think you are still on board with ACCI. What, what do you do specifically for them? Yes, I sure am. Well, in about 2010, when I actually was in a car accident and I was working full time as a worship pastor at the time in my church, during that recovery, the Lord, my husband challenged me, my husband Luke, and just came in one day and said, Ann, I think you need to think about flipping this around and going into full time missions and maybe volunteering in worship. And and so I started to pray about it. And the first person I called was Tony and we talked it all through. And then I met with our director and his wife at the time and had a conversation about it. And so I started to phase in that October of 2010 on the staff team. So I am a full-time contracted missionary, just like our other missionaries, but part of my mission work is helping care for them. So what I offer to the staff team is member care, really passionate about member care and helping care for our missionaries and families who are serving abroad. And then I also help with partnership development and oversee the short-term mission components. So when people want to go out short-term or bring a team alongside one of our missionaries or serve somewhere and they want to go out under ACCI, I walk through that whole process with the missionaries and the team mm-hmm. leaders from beginning to end and oversee that process. It's just really very exciting to see how God is raising people up. So um, those are the pretty much the three areas that I oversee as the U.S. director. Okay. Well, mm-hmm. yeah, I think that's that might be some of why Tony knew we'd be fast friends is because I do a <laughs> fair amount of short-term work and yeah. putting teams together and have done that for a little while. So I know that probably had something to do why he felt like we should surely meet. Where does ACCI have workers? Wow. I believe right now we're going to be having our board meetings in a couple of weeks. And I believe we're in 19 different countries at this time. And we have 70 some missionaries. I think we're just, we always kind of take that retally every fall. Mm -hmm. And so we're serving it in quite a few different areas and different continents. So I think we're in nine different continents. Yeah. And 
19 countries. Yeah. Wow. I want to applaud your diligence. I, obviously, you've been doing it nearly a decade here with ACCI and you mm-hmm. guys have, I think it was around 2000 when ACCI was founded or like take, taken on the form it's got currently. So mm-hmm. appreciate your you guys uh, continuing on. Mm-hmm. And a lot of that has to do with member care. I know, I don't know, you probably could tell me, but there are some pretty alarming statistics when it comes to how long missionaries stay on the field. I know a lot of times, or from my perspective, working with a lot of long-termers, it's hard to get to the field. Yeah, Really, it it's hard. You know, it's it hard is. to get everything wrapped up and get situated and then <laughs> push off and then... The only thing harder than getting on the field is staying on the field. (laughs) Mm, Yeah, the perseverance of that. It is a challenge. It is. Yeah, you know, and part of my, I don't know if it's my gifting or if it's just the way that the Lord dials into my heart. I always am looking kind of for the holes, you know, where are the gaps that aren't filled and where are the gaps that things that we might be missing that helps to produce longevity with our missionaries. And so Mm. member care plays a pretty huge importance. And a lot of that came out of our discovery process of what the needs are and what needs are not being met. And also it varies country to country, of course. A lot of our missionaries are working with other organizations in country. And so we have several ministry affiliates that we have the pleasure of getting to know as well and really try to take that team concept in the body mm-hmm. of Christ yeah. and really link arms and work together. And I think when there's that kind of a support system around also their mentors that they have in their own personal advisory councils that we ask them to have as contractors, that fullness hopefully is a good structure for them to help produce longevity. There's accountability in that. We have people asking the right questions, the hard questions and the supportive ones, you know, I think all of that helps to produce longevity uh, as we do that together, really link our arms together. Very cool. That sounds like uh, (laughs) some strategic elements there. And I don't know of another agency that's got maybe that same kind of approach. So that I think that's really a blessing. So what I'm saying to everyone is if you're thinking about going (laughs) long term, (laughs) you might want to talk to ACCI and see what they can do to help you get there and accomplish the the dream God's put in your heart. Mm, Amen. Yeah, because Mm -hmm. obviously he's sharing little pieces of his dreams with us and and inviting them to become our our dreams as well. So that's that's wonderful. Now, I do hear a little bit of North Central U.S. in your accent. (laughs) Do you? Okay. Yes, I'm in Minnesota. (laughs) Definitely. I'm in Minnesota. 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 Ah, yes. So are you in the Twin Cities there? (laughs) Yes, I'm in Minnesota. Okay. Okay. And you grew up in Michigan. What part of the MIT did you grow up in? I was down in the lower peninsula, okay. so kind of mid mid northwest, yeah. And spent I was born in Grand Rapids and spent my childhood years in, in Cadillac and some other small towns. And my dad was a pastor and so through his calling in pastoral ministry, we moved to Minnesota then when I started to hit my junior and senior high years. Mm. And that's where I met my husband, Luke, in high school, in our youth group. Oh, so. very cool. What a <laughs> yeah, nice story. That's, that's nice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Very cool. Yeah. I, I'm always surprised by people, you know, like when I first met some people for the first time who were from Michigan, I said, you know, what part of, you, Mich- of Michigan are you from? 
Yeah. Up comes the mitt. Yeah. You know, I always do it the, <laughs> the wrong. Hand. Yeah. yeah, I always do it the wrong way. Um, yeah, yeah, anyway, that's true. I uh, mm-hmm. I do. I've been recently, not much, but I've been recently to Michigan and beautiful, beautiful area. It is. Yeah, it's beautiful. Really beautiful. Mm-hmm. I, we we did a men, men's event just a little south of uh, Grand Rapids on the lake, and really mm. enjoyed that. Oh, we got in and out before winter, so that was that was <laughs> last year and really important. I know it's a yes. hard winter you guys endure mm-hmm. up there. So yeah, yeah, for sure, very cool. You've written a book. I'm getting all of our notes switched mm-hmm. around here. So hey, it's can we good. talk <laughs> a little bit about your book? Sure, be glad to. I'm not clapping out loud, but I'm giving you applause right now because I have been writing a book for a long time and, mm-hmm. you know, I'm not through with my book. So I've got two or three good starts on separate subjects. So I mm-hmm. got to give you some kudos, applause for starting <laughs> and finishing your book. And yeah. I'm, I'm, it, it's, I, it's a journey. <laughs> I need some advice from you on, on the finishing piece. I've got starting. Does, oh. It's not hard for me. So what what is the name of your book? The name of the book is called Just One, A True mm-hmm. Story of Unlikely Friendship and Short-Term Missions. Okay. Just One. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Do I remember right that this is kind of the ongoing story of a relationship, a friendship that you cultivated in a place that you were working with some consistency yes. short term? Yes, it is. It's a missions memoir that is it's kind of a meditation on friendship and sharing both in the joys and challenges and the importance of what happens with one individual. And so it it came out of my journals and the book really explores the concept and effectiveness of reaching out one by one to the lost and seeking that the Lord brings around us and how to build that personal relationship one-on-one face-to-face and getting involved and investing in one another's life story. And rather than focusing on the masses, you know, he sometimes calls us into these one-on-one relationships and what that can look like. So it's a very honest book. It's really, it goes through the struggles and the challenges as well as the friendship and how this older Garifuna man named Concio, how we end up changing each other mm. and how uh, through the consistency of going to this Garifuna village in Southern Belize, how over time we begin to really move toward the heart of Christ and over time, how God moves him to his heart just really does. And it's just a very, very honest book. And it's just kind of designed to, for anyone really to read the book and and be challenged cross-culturally of how do you, how do you do this thing cross-culturally? And so it shows all my mistakes and my errors and my Mm. struggles, as well as how God taught me so much. I think sometimes we can get it flipped around and think we're called to the masses when Christ's example really is one by one by one. So yeah, so it was, it was a real challenge. My husband was amazing in helping me. He knows me so well. And he came alongside and actually made a suggestion and said, Anne, I think you need to consider writing this story about your honest struggles with Concio and what you learned through it. And so I went back into my journals from 1994 to 2009 and began to compile all of what I wrote and the things that I learned. And 
he helped to guide me through the process and I began to write and Luke did the editing and he does this by profession. And so mm. I was blessed to have someone in my household yes. that could come alongside. And so we did it together and it was just was a wonderful process for me personally too. But wow. we were able to come out the other side and purposely wrote it so that it's a short read, a two hour read mm. so that even you know, short-term teams could use it. And we have a discussion discussion tool on my website that can be used as well in the discussion around cross-cultural relationships and how how to learn and to grow through one another's life stories. I'll, I'll backlink to the site, but where can someone, so if somebody gets this, they'll, they'll have a way to get easily to your site and get to that discussion tool. But where can, yeah. where can they find that? Well, you can, the books are available on Amazon and also I'll be having an audio book should be coming out any week that matches the book. It can also really? be, mm-hmm. so it'll be Very an audio book, cool. a printed book, or you can also download it as a Kindle book as well. Mm. And the discussion tool is on my blog and up in the right hand corner. There's a link that says just one and it opens a page with all the links to Amazon, but also there's one that says discussion tool and there's some mm. fun little backstories about some different things in the book as well that you can read. So it's all right there. Yeah. On my wow. website. Very <laughs> cool. Very cool. Well, yeah. yeah. Thanks for mentioning that. I think that discussion tool is mm-hmm. going to be really helpful. One of the things as a kind of a relational personality here, I don't know if it is just something the Lord put inside of me or something that's been developed over years. But, you know, relationships, huge component of my life and why I do what I do. And when it comes to short-term work, you know, there's some unique challenges there. And, uh, you know, I don't have to tell you this. I'm sure you've heard it and seen it and been close to it. But a lot of people from the States who are pushing out into other cultural contexts, they've got a program in mind. They've got Mm -hmm. a timeline in mind. They've got a budget in mind and that's all they've got in mind. You know, it's just yeah, sure. kind of a, a big push, you know, mm-hmm. to, you know, check all the boxes and get back safe right after you shop for souvenirs. <laughs> you, you know, the, you know, the four S's of short-term missions, right? You've Go heard on. these, I'm sure. It's like uh show up. Yeah. Save the country. Hmm. Shop for souvenirs. Skedaddle. <laughs> oh my goodness. I don't, know, I don't know if skedaddle is a southern word, but you get the point. So that yes, that's yes. And so many people in short term work, obviously that is an exaggeration mm-hmm. and a joke. Mm-hmm. But I think a lot of times in short term work we can rush right past the relational component mm-hmm. and not take it on board that there's a possibility for ongoing relationship. Yes. We're moving fast. There's a lot to do, limited time, typically a project or something attached to our movements. Mm -hmm. And that makes it hard for me personally. I I got confronted with this in my early rotations in central Mexico, Hmm. pretty starkly that Mm -hmm. the person I was talking to, you know, just help me understand that, hey, with the short term mm-hmm. teams and with people we've met before, we never saw any of those people again. <laughs> you know? yeah, I yeah. hope that's not the outcome of our our time is kind of was the sentiment that was being communicated to me. And I was like, wow, this is a big deal. And I, w- mm-hmm. I, I didn't know it by experience, but I knew it more by discernment mm-hmm. that that was going to be a real challenge and that I needed to focus 
on the people, Mm -hmm. not just the project or the Mm -hmm. budget or the timeline Mm -hmm. or getting to the airport on time or whatever. Absolutely. Uh, Have you, have you seen that? What's been your experience? Well, to be honest, my whole thing around the short term component, which has really been the thrust in missions for me as well, especially up till now, is what I've learned through what precedes our going. And what precedes our going, I really believe having been in church leadership myself for many years, I feel like what we say in our words and actions is what we give permission to others. So as I serve from a place of leadership and calling, especially up front and training in my church or training in front of others, what kind of permission am I getting, giving others to help shape their thinking going into mission? And what, what am I promoting through my actions and words? And I think that's where everything begins. And it puts a lot of pressure mm-hmm. on church leadership, but it's, it's a good pressure. And it's something that I think we have to be accountable to. You know, what kind of permission are we getting up front? Are we saying, Sign up for a short-term mission and you'll have a great experience. Well, that's not necessarily true. I can't guarantee that. (laughs) But if I say, here are some opportunities, go before the Lord and ask Him if He's calling you to one of these opportunities. And if He's calling you, He will be faithful through every difficulty and everything that we succeed in while we're there serving together. And the other thing I like to say often is we're coming alongside the work God is already doing in another place. So it's a privilege. So we don't prepare an agenda. We ask who is our receiving partner to prepare that agenda for us and with us. Mm-hmm. And so you know, it's that place of surrender, right? Just constant surrender, surrendering our expectations, surrendering our points of view, surrendering everything. And then are we willing to be a learner and a listener at a level where we're really going to go in our team meetings, for instance, and learn about the culture and be able to be challenged by what we think and know is the best way to do everything, which is how North America is perceived (laughs) all over the world, that we have healthy answers. It just is. And because it's part of our cultural makeup. Mm -hmm. So some of those kind of things just really can hinder or help once we get in country where we're going to serve together. And then success and failure takes on a new face. And what we even define as a failure, to me, those are the greatest, what we may define as that as our greatest learning experiences Mm -hmm. and opportunities to really stretch and grow with others in in the body of Christ. So we've had some failures too, you know, if if we want to say that, but I think it's more been challenging our own biases and challenging all the things we read in all the mission books. Are we applying them? Are we applying them? Are Mm. we really willing to set everything aside and go for the truth of the word of God and his calling and following the leading of the spirit, even if it means we have to surrender everything, Mm. (laughs) everything in ourselves to do that well. So Yes, I kind of am I'm pretty passionate about what precedes our even getting on the plane, I think is what kind of determines what we're gonna how we're gonna approach things and what might produce success or not. So Right. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And I appreciate you taking that approach and and making that, you know, explicit. I, I think we we can fall into a couple of different sort of ruts or or camps or ideas where we think the Lord must be telling someone to go and I'm kind of feeling a little bit of a leading. So everything's just going to work out. We're yeah. not maybe not being proactive or, or whatever. And then also I mm-hmm. think a trap that we fall into sometimes is that we, especially in the early rotations, we're really disoriented. Mm-hmm. All of our cultural and in, informing come mm-hmm. to the front. We're going to have triggered responses to 
circumstances, situations, and people that we don't even know why we did what we did is just something that happened. We just reacted and we have no idea. Mm -hmm. Often in my case, that has not been anything but embarrassing. (laughs) You know, I've struggled to recover from those things at times. I think we, we got to be careful. Mm -hmm. We got to go in with our eyes open sometimes and our mouth, maybe not quite as open Mm -hmm. and then be in a position to learn and grow and try to Realize it's a collaboration. I think that's what you're describing. Yes. Yeah. So that collaborative piece Mm -hmm. is, I think, really important. Mm -hmm. Getting a sense of working together with someone on the other end. Cultivating. That's where relationship comes from a lot of times is the collaboration. So in view of that and kind of with that in mind, you we were recently in Africa. Mm -hmm. Can you tell us a little bit about where you were? what you were up to, who you were working with, and, and and what you learned from that time. Sure, sure. I was had the privilege and was invited to two countries, to Burundi and Uganda, to visit our missionaries that are s- serving in each country, our national missionaries. And so I was in Uganda to visit the Mwangas, who have an amazing children's school that they built from the ground up and got to see the school and participate in a graduation and spend a few days with them. And then I also was in Burundi spending time with Gospel Life Ministries with our missionary there, Pastor Mable. And I was there for about 12 days. I was in Burundi and was able to participate every wow. day in ministry with them and and did in both places, but I just was in Burundi for a bit longer. And so yeah, so I it's ugh, it's just hard, right? How when you come back from some of these first time experiences, but just mm-hmm. to witness the work of the Lord at hand. And Burundi is very misunderstood globally. It's very false represented. It's very overlooked. You'll hear a lot about Rwanda, Uganda. Skip Burundi, <laughs> go over that. Tanzania, Kenya, but no one talks about Burundi. And so for me, it was Mm -hmm. very eye-opening and very profound to see the work of God there and this little church in two and a half years growing from 15 people to 400 plus, the feeding programs that they have in the soccer ministry that they're investing in the young people and coming to Christ and mentoring them and, and mentoring pastors, many pastors who don't know the gospel believe it or not, and they're investing in discipling them, bringing them to Christ, and helping collaborate and work together in the different provinces in Burundi. So it was a profound experience for me personally, very eye-opening, very wow. powerful. And your your first time in East first Africa? First time in Africa, the whole continent, yeah. Never been to Africa. Oh, yeah. Wow. <laughs> okay. So. Yeah, I can't. Mm-hmm. Wow. For me, the first time I was in in Africa and specifically same region as you, East mm-hmm. Africa, was my first trip to Africa okay. as well. Yeah, it's that was wow. Yeah, it, <laughs> it it was really wonderful, and I could see how the Lord used other missions though to prepare me for these two these two experiences. It was it's so neat to see the layering, Father God layering in our lives. How He just gently prepares us for what He knows is to come. It really this particular trip really wraps into my testimony too. And from when I was a little girl. And so when I would share that in in Burundi, they, they were all excited because I came to Africa first to Burundi. And that was a really big deal. (laughs) You chose Mm. to come to Burundi first, you know, and it was really, 
precious. It was a very precious uh-huh. thing to share. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very just sweet. like I, I'm with you. I mean, Rwanda's next door. I guess mm-hmm. Uganda's next door, and mm-hmm. t- Tanzania's kind of next door. Everything right there. Congo, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that that is so much more visible, I guess, in conversation and experience from people. Yes. But yeah, it's I think a special, I guess, blessing, a privilege mm-hmm. that you got to see something there and got to experience what the Lord was doing. Maybe a little bit off the beaten path in terms of what's espoused or what people are talking about or what people are usually oh, yeah. experiencing. Mm-hmm. What a blessing. What a blessing. It was a privilege. And I was so welcomed, you know, and each day we did uh, different parts of the ministry together. I just came alongside what Gospel Life Ministries was doing and with their leadership team. And we traveled from the bottom corner to the top corner to to the board of Tanzania and did a soccer ministry and outreach. And I, I taught five different times throughout the week in different contexts. We had a youth conference and a women's ministry conference, and then three sessions with pastors and leaders over on the border. And just to see hundreds of people literally giving their lives to Christ through the soccer ministry and in that community and how they inject, this ministry injects the joy of Christ in to areas where they have nothing. I mean, nothing. They mm-hmm. spend the day looking for water. You know, it's just the bottom line. But, you know, I, I didn't ever feel, many people came back and said, you must be really sad and feel so sorry for them. And I came back feeling, no, I was actually so overwhelmed by how God was using this church and the body of Christ there that that overwhelmed me more than anything of how faithful they're serving mm-hmm. the Lord and following with such relentless obedience and abandonment. And with very little resources, their obedience is first and many are coming to Christ. Wow. So it was profound to witness and very, yeah. very honoring to God and, and a privilege. You're right. It was very much a privilege. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I was feeling that and I, I feel it <laughs> in some ways or sense it in some ways because I felt like we've been working in rural East Africa mm. since 2008. Mm. And I think I've been there four times. Wonderful. We've got a team that's it's on the way there this month. Mm. And, you know, it's an impact that I don't know if you get it any other way. True. It's just it is what it is. And you've got to go get some. I mean, I, obviously, mm. I'm <laughs> mm. I'm a fan, but it doesn't mean it's easy or all of it. You know, some of it hurts. Yeah, I think when we, mm-hmm. we get close to other people's pain, mm-hmm. we feel it. Mm-hmm. And we've got to stick through the discomfort, I think, mm-hmm. there to be able to see the the Lord's intent for us in that space and also what we have to give and what we have to receive, mm-hmm. our opportunity to be ministered to, like you're talking about in the way that you, that church is working there mm-hmm. and you're you're working with them. Collaboration is huge for me. So yes. what a blessing. What a blessing to hear. What a blessing to hear. Yes. And you know, more than anything, just to experience the heart of Christ to weep as he would weep and and to mourn and to rejoice. You know, all of those are not just emotions. They're part of the character of Christ. And and if we don't allow ourselves to do that, and I'm speaking from a place of brokenness, that there's been times where I've chosen to really self-protect. And then there's other times where it's so good when I come home with the depth of awareness of what I've smelled and touched and, and seen mm. and yeah. heard. And you just get a little bit closer to understanding 
the heart of Christ for others. And that, that I really care about, you know, wow. yeah, that I for really sure. care about. So. Well mm-hmm. said, I appreciate you sharing that. And I, I think that is mm-hmm. the challenge, especially when we're getting to a place where we're uncomfortable, mm-hmm. sleepy, hungry, and going over rough roads at a high rate of speed and wondering if we're going to survive. I mean, we're talking about a short-term trip here. There's a lot of dynamics dynamics that come into play. And I think we've yeah. got to be careful in that space not to react and not to self-protect, as you're saying. Obviously, we're doing yeah. some of that. And, and we don't even realize it until maybe after the fact we're in a position to, to grow mm-hmm. from it and grow through it and, and overcome that. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah. wow, I like what how you can just we learn? Said that. I love that you just said that because really I think another mistake we can make is to go into short-term missions thinking we have to do it all perfectly and do it right when the Lord just wants us to be obedient and be available. And He really does do the rest as we go from minute to minute, conversation to conversation, opportunity to opportunity in our time. He's so faithful that we just have to, like you said before, we just have to show up mm. and lean into his heart and hang on. You know? Yeah, 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 yeah. He's so faithful. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I mean, I, yeah. as we were recently in Europe and, and doing some stuff with folks we worked mm-hmm. with before, I was mentioning to Kathy, my wife, I just said, you know, nothing says I love you like showing up. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Presence. Yeah, being present. Mm-hmm. In a lot of these cases, it's not simple to be present halfway around the world. And, and people know that, mm-hmm. you know, people realize that yes. even though maybe they haven't, they've never had a chance to travel internationally and it would be something they would consider off the table for them. I think when we when we yes. do show up, I remember the first time I encountered personally a missionary from Eastern Europe came to my little church and and, you know, we're a spec. We're off the spec on a spec, another between specs on the map in very <laughs> rural East Texas as a young man. Yeah. And I, I conceived for a moment that the Lord may have mm-hmm. sent this guy halfway around the world just to say, to, mm-hmm. cause he had a message for me, for that guy to give me. Mm-hmm. It revolutionized mm-hmm. my small mindedness and it made me thank God that that guy had made that trip and had done that. And in fact, I was impacted by mm-hmm. him. And I was so thankful. I had no idea I'd have missions in my future at the time, but it was some of those early warning signs, I think. Yeah. You know, I'm amazed that you said that because it's very similar. Can I just share one story? Would that be okay? Sure. About my testimony? Please, please do. Because it really applies to this. When I accepted Christ when I was five, and it was a real experience. My sweet dad led me to the Lord, and I remember him praying over me that I would remember everything. I remember my bedspread. I remember the print on the wallpaper. I remember what my sister said. I remembered everything. It was a marked day in my life. So it was a true conversion at a young, young age. And then at nine years old, I was at a family camp with my family. My parents were on one side and I was on the other. And our kids' pastor was a pastor from Congo. His name was Andre Asumani. Mm. And I was a really, really shy little girl. And and we were playing the circle game at the end of our time. And he touched my back and he prophesied over me and said, you will serve in many lands and places, people of many colors, especially children with dark faces. And I remember walking to my parents just being just hardly could get off my knees on the road at one point because I felt the presence of God just burning in my heart so big. And so I got to my mom and I told her the story and I was crying and she started crying and she said, Anne, when you were two, 
and your dad graduated from college, Andre Asumani was our speaker at the graduation, and he picked you up in his arms, and he said the same words over you at two years old. And those were the two trips that he took to the U.S., and Mm. he spoke the same words over me at two and nine. And so here's a pastor from Congo who came to the U.S., and it was how God using his words to even enlighten my direction toward missions. And I was called that day mm-hmm. <laughs> at nine years old. It was burned in my heart and never left. And and so these are the profound things. I have so many team members say, what good am I? How will God use me? And I just, I just love that opportunity to pray into that with them and invite the Lord into that space and say, he can and he will because you've said yes, Mm. he can and he will, even if it's one person Mm. like this story that I've experienced with Concio. It may be one person. Are we okay with that from a kingdom perspective? God is, but are we, are our churches, are our our leadership okay with if we go and affect one life and God uses us to bring salt and light Mm -hmm. to that person's and the hope of Christ. So I think sometimes we have to shift, Mm -hmm. right, in our thinking and our thought patterns and our belief systems to really be fully available. No question. No question we do. And, you know, I think that Mm -hmm. the next horizon is going to, after we've said yes and we surrender, we see the horizon of promise. But once we get there, the next horizon, it affords new opportunities to grow and to continue on that path. And I really appreciate you. And even from those early times, what the Lord was doing in your heart. And thank you for sharing Mm -hmm. that story. I was Mm-hmm. How moving, how precious, mm-hmm. powerful. Thank you for that. Very powerful. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And, you know, I, as a young girl, you know, the Lord started to give me this awareness of people around me. And I really didn't know that was happening. I was shy. I was aware. I was always absorbing everything around me. I still am a huge sponge, just everything I can learn and ask questions and learn from others. And the Lord's bringing us the nations in our country. And we can go out the front door and we have opportunity after opportunity to learn from others and learn their cultures and be able to come alongside them and their lives and bring the love of Christ. We don't have to even go far anymore. And I remember starting to learn that at a young age, looking so curious about how people look different and why and where were they from. And and now we just have people from everywhere around us. It's just, yeah, for me, I just am very passionate about that. To me, that's exciting. Indeed it is. Absolutely. (laughs) Well, very, very cool. Thank you very much for being with us. Thanks for sharing those things that are, to me, are precious part of yourself. So really appreciate your transparency. You know, I'm going to get back to Tony and say, Tony, you were, you were guarded in our interview and, and was super transparent. I'm going to find a way to, I'll find a way to irritate him that's and he'll hilarious. be listening. He's going to hear this. He'll get me back. I'm sure. But okay, uh, that's yeah. great, <laughs> no, you. no, thanks for being here. Thank you for having me. Yes. And we, we'll do it again. I'd like to pick your brain on the leadership subject at some point on the leadership sure. side. And we're taking recommendations on profiles in leadership. So if you think of someone from scripture history that you'd like to help me profile when it comes to leadership, it'd be great to get that from your perspective and and what that person may have meant to you or or how they you were impacted by their story. Okay. That'd be that'd be wonderful. Thank you. And we're going to send folks to Anne Heinrichs. And now it's not the classic German spelling, right? H I N R-I-C-H-S. Mm-hmm. And without an E, annheinrichsblog.com. Yep. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Very good. We'll, we'll put links uh, so no one has to 
veer off the road right now oh, and, and have a collision. Thank you. Okay. <laughs> we'll make it easy. And yes, we'll double back soon. Thanks a lot for your efforts and your contribution to the Lord and to his kingdom. Mm. And thanks again for being with us. Thank you, Scott. Most welcome. As for me, I am Scott McClelland, and this is your FX Missions from the Forefront podcast. If you'd like to contact me or us, please do so at fxmissions.com. This podcast made possible through the partnership of Engaging Mission Show, bringing missions home, and encouraging you to hear a message, make connections, and take action. Find out more at engagingmissions.com. Thanks for joining us for the FX Missions podcast from the forefront. If you'd like to find out more about FX Missions, please do so at our blog, fxmissions.com. Quite a bit of content out there. We hope you enjoy it. Also, if you'd like to rate us on iTunes or whatever podcast service you use, we would really appreciate it. And find out more about today's guest at our Facebook page. Just search for From the Forefront on Facebook. If you know of someone who should be featured on From the Forefront because of their Forefront missions experience or exploits, please reach out to us at info at fxmissions.com. Thanks again for joining us. And until next time, I'm Scott McClelland, and you have a good one.